Oh, hello, and welcome to the Community Experience Podcast. We are so glad you're here. If you're one of our regulars, you're probably wondering why we haven't published in a while. We actually chose to sunset the show in early 2023, but the feed will stay active because so many of the episodes are timeless. If you want to learn more and search our back catalog, you can visit smartpassiveincome.com slash cxpodcast, all one word. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Community Experience Podcast. I'm Jillian Benbow. I host this show, and this is week two of two of the podcast's summer break. So today, we have a great episode, one of our favorites, from the back catalog of the Community Experience Podcast. And this is our episode with Kelly Roberts from Badass Lady Gang. It's so good. Kelly's amazing. This is back. If you've missed Tony, Tony's on this episode. So you'll get to hear his wonderful voice again on the show. And yeah, if you haven't listened to this, Kelly started a running club for people who don't identify as runners. And it's perfect. I mean, it's such a good example of creating a community for people who maybe don't feel included in the traditional type of communities for that. So say a running community where everyone's super aggro and intimidating and you want the like vibe, you want to hang out with people, maybe do a little running, but you're not here to run a marathon. So that was Kelly and she came up with a badass gang of ladies. So ladies who like to hang out and talk and bond and get coffee and then, you know, maybe run a little, but it's not the the running club that maybe you showed up to that one time and were like, oh my gosh, I'm so out of shape. These people are crazy. So anyways, listen to the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Next week, we're back with a fresh new episode. Can't wait to see you then. Have a great day. Here's the episode. Have you ever wanted to join a club but never felt like you fit in? Like there's an in crowd, there's outfits and a lingo. Maybe there's an intimidating level of physical fitness. What if you took that feeling and used it as an opportunity to create something new and different, and along the way, you found out there were lots of other people just like you? That is exactly what Kelly Roberts did with the Badass Lady Gang, a running community for ladies who don't identify as runners. Tune in to learn more about how to find your fellow weirdos on today's episode of The Community Experience. Okay, Jill, can I tell you my experience going to a yoga class in Manhattan? Oh, please do. So, okay, I want you know, go to yoga. I want to, you know, stretch. I want to connect with the universe, all that, be one. But I'm not like a mega yoga guy. And I'm next to this guy and he is doing every move so intensely, like aggressively, like violently even. And I'm just... It just, it feels like there's a lot of that energy in the city. And of course, every yoga studio is different, but I just felt like, you know, I don't really fit my yoga clothes that well, and I don't really do any of the poses that well, but I kind of want to not feel weird being in this room. And, you know, then, then I just run into guys like that. Yeah, I, I can relate. It's very easy to get intimidated by what else is going on. And even if it's like a beginner class, but it's clearly not beginners. People are doing like 
handstands. My my go-to is just straight to Savasana. I'm done, guys. Have fun. <laughs> exactly. Or, oh my goodness, cycle clubs. <laughs> if I'm ever like, oh, you know, I'd love to ride bikes with other people. Forget it. You, you don't have the right kit. I had to learn what the word <laughs> kit is. Oh. <laughs> got to have that kit. It's got to oh. match too. Blech. So I think there's just this huge opportunity across a lot of different areas, especially in the world of physical fitness or moving your body, things like that, where anywhere where there's people who just maybe get a little too intense about it and where there might be people who have a curiosity. And there's nothing wrong with being intense. It's just not, not for at all. all. Us. Not at all. <laughs> we just need room for room for the rest of us too, right? And that's where Kelly comes in. So Kelly's badass lady gang embodies a lot of what I wish I could find in a lot of these groups, a place where you don't have to worry about being judged and where it's really more about connecting than the actual action. And even better, Kelly created something that anybody can do anywhere. It's a pretty simple thing. Once you hear it explained to you, you could basically take the idea and run with it wherever you are too. No pun intended, right? I didn't intend it the first time I said it. <laughs> but now, now it's a race. I'm, now I'm aware. Yes. So let's get into the episode. Kelly is our new BFF. So join us and giggle along with us as we make our new friend. You will really love Kelly's energy. So come hang with us and learn how to hang with your fellow weirdos in this episode of The Community Experience. Kelly, welcome to the Community Experience Podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Yes, welcome. Hi, everyone. This is my favorite thing. This is all I love doing is talking about myself. Yes. <laughs> That's talking a joke. Talking about yourself. And <laughs> Just in case everyone's like, oh, no, skip. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Narcissist Podcast. Uh, it's <laughs> good to be here amongst friends. <laughs> Look, I'm blessed. I know you all can't see, but you oh two can see. Yes, we can see each other, and she's turning. I'm literally red, blushing. We're off to a great start. We're off to a great start. I love it, um, Kelly. You run a group called Badass Lady Gang. Yeah, pun intended. I do run it. <laughs> <laughs> you run. You know what? Didn't did I step right into it? Tell us how this happened. How did you like? Once upon a time, you were not running a run club. And then somehow it came to be that you were. And I, I find that like community organizers, there tends to be some like hero's journey moment when it's like, I must do this. I slayed the dragon, pulled the sword out of the stone. (laughs) 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 No, I, I mean, community has always been a really, really huge part of my life because my background is not in running or athletic or athleticism pursuits. It's in theater. I did theater my entire life growing up, like queen, circus clown, went to college for it, got my undergraduate degree in it. Like ensemble was like built into my DNA. I loved being a part of a ragtag group of weirdos, like building something from nothing. That was always just something that I always was drawn to and found myself in. And after I graduated from college, like I really felt like... It was the first time I think I looked around and went like, oh no, 
what do I do now? What do you mean I have to pay money back for that really fun four years that I just had? You know, like I had really supportive parents who were like, follow your dreams, do whatever you're paying for it. So like, have fun. It's not like I went to school blind. Everyone told us like, chances of all of you working are slim to none. Like you're never going to work. That was always something that was told to us. But I was always like, yeah, right. Like, I'm so good at this. Like, I'm going to be so good. Yeah. Yeah. And then I graduated and was like, wait, I'm, I'm fat. And I have acne scars and I don't know a single person in the entertainment industry. I have no clue how to do this for a living. I've always known how to do this for fun. And, you know, in school, you you pay to be on stage. <laughs> and I didn't know how to do it the opposite way where people paid me to be on stage. So I I moved home with my parents and was really struggling. Earlier when I was in college, I had lost my brother. Uh, he had died of alcohol poisoning and I just used theater to cope. I don't think I ever really grieved. I grieved through other people's stories. And so I just like, I lost my creative outlet. I lost my, my grieving outlet. I lost my community. I was all by myself, didn't know what to do. So I started running. Like I really was just desperate enough to start running because it was so horrible that like I didn't have time to like throw myself a pity party or think about anything. It was just like, don't die, don't die, don't die, don't die for an hour, which I really liked, <laughs> which I now know is running. <laughs> Everyone is like v- running from or towards something. But most people, especially 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s on, if you find running later in life, you're probably going through something. It is a way to close a stress cycle. It is a way to cope. It is a way to survive. It is a way to mourn or grieve, whether that's like relationship, waking up and not knowing who you are and, and not feeling like you have anything to be proud of. But I didn't know that. I only thought, you know, like skinny, skinny white guys in split shorts ran. Like that's that was my perception of runners was like so those it wasn't guys. A good perception. Yeah, with like the butt flap <laughs> it was shorts. It's more of like a recoil, like, ooh. <laughs> but that's really all I knew, right? Like when I looked at magazines or when I looked at the media, like I really only saw like super, super skinny people who looked super athletic and ran like little gazelles. I didn't see people who ran like I did, like Lisa Kudrow in Central Park. You know, like that, I didn't see that experience represented at all. But I needed it. Like it really did become something that really got me through a really, really tough part in my life. And so like I ran a half marathon and then I ran a marathon. And then after that, I'm like, I could do anything. If I can run a marathon, if I can run a marathon, like I can move to New York City and try to figure this out. So I did and almost like immediately went viral for running a half marathon and taking selfies with hot guys behind me. Just like it was a silly thing to make my sister laugh. And I kind of immediately found myself with the platform. And I was like, I don't want to do anything with this. I don't want anyone knowing anything about me. You know, I had built my entire life building walls. I wanted to deal with my shit through other people's stories on stage. I didn't want anyone to know anything about me because the things I said to myself were so horrible. I just assumed that's what everyone else thought as well. And my sister was like, you have to start a blog. You have to do something with this. And I was like, hell no. I would rather die than let people know like what I say to myself. But sure enough, started a blog, which kind of immediately found an audience because it was talking about crying on street corners or how hard it was or how I really struggled with body image or the fact that like I ran really because I thought I would become skinny. Like that was always in the back of my mind that that was going to happen for me, that I would become this version of me that the world deemed healthy. You know, if I ran hard enough and fast enough, I would become the person 
that when you looked at me, you didn't assume I was lazy. That's like the narrative that I had. So we like built this online community of, you know, people who were very similar to me, people who weren't athletic growing up when they went to local running clubs or crews or charities, you know, like they got dropped. They couldn't keep up. Everyone said all athletic levels, but you know, it's all athletic levels until a certain pace. Soon enough, I was like, how do we create, take what we're doing online and put it in real life where it truly is all athletic levels? Because for me, I think I don't like about the running community is that everyone's always training for something. And women especially are super susceptible to overexercising without even knowing they're doing it. So when you go to something, everyone's like, what are you training for? What are you training for? What are you training for? And I was like, running is the least interesting part, like thing that I do. I like to do it, but I don't want to talk about it 24 seven. I think it's especially because this isn't my job and it's been my job for a long time. And I was like, I want to make a community that like, if someone doesn't feel compelled to ever run a half marathon or a marathon, they feel just as welcome as someone who's running their 20th marathon. How do we make a group where no one's outside of yelling range from each other, everyone's together and getting the exact same workout, whether you're walking it or sprinting it. So we figured out how to do just that. And we, I put out word and I said, Hey, anyone want a, an unpaid part-time job to build community with me? And a bunch of people were like, me, I want that. And so <laughs> you we, know you've got something if that's the reaction, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's all yeah. community led, you know, like every community that we have, we're in, we're in 11 cities in the U S and Canada and in Germany. And that's exactly what you get. Like everyone is very different. Every community is very, very, very different, which is nice. It's the same like, like DNA. The trunk of the tree is the same, but the branches, you know, are very dependent on the community itself. So it's just a place really to connect, make new friends and move together. So we're both online and in real life, but like, I totally like just kind of like look, jumped in the pool and looked around and was like, oh, I didn't realize I was in the wave pool. <laughs> like this, this was all unplanned. It was like one thing led to another. It's so interesting. So I, I like to say I'm an X runner because I, <laughs> I got into it. <laughs> I just don't do anything now. I got into it late in life, like in my twenties and I got super into it. And I live in a mountain community where everybody is so fit and um, I got really into the trail running circuit and like a lot of the stuff you're talking about. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep. Because it's like it's, one of my friends once said, why do you do these trail runs, these races? You hate them. They make you miserable because I'll never win. You know what I mean? And yeah, I got super burnt out. I actually had to have hip surgery. And that was kind of my catalyst of like, am I a runner? And it was a struggle. I had let it become my identity in so many ways. And then it was like, cool. Well, you just tore your body in half. So now what? So this group you're talking about it, in the back of my head, and on one hand, I'm like, I want to be a part of that. On the other hand, I'm like, I would be the person that quickly was like, I'm going to work on my pace and like ruin it for everybody. Cause I would just like, I wouldn't be able to help myself to just be like, Oh, I'm going to sign up for a race and like, just get back into this thing I was in, which isn't bad. But for me, I'm just very cautious now. Cause I don't want to blow my other hip. All of that to say, I think it's just so fantastic that you've created this group both online and like doing the digital and the in-person is just the best because now geography doesn't stop people. Cause so many times you see something cool and it's like, and it's in LA only. And you're like, okay, well, I'm never going to do that. Like, how does that work for people? If they say, say someone say Denver wants to start a group, like, does it just organically happen from your online membership? How are you how are you navigating the digital and the in-person? Right now, everyone's on hold. 
I'm not accepting any new chapters. We were kind of like, once we came back, I told all of the chapters, I'm like, I would like assume that you are starting from the ground up. Everyone has moved. People are in different places. People are really uncomfortable being around each other right now. We have a wristband system. So like you have to say whether you're vaccinated or not, or like there's a yellow option, which means you're vaccinated, but you need space. You are uncomfortable around people. Runners are notorious for hugging and like high-fiving. So having that little space for people to be like, I'm not there yet is has been nice. But I really wanted, because before 2020, we had like, I mean, I don't even remember. We had something like 30, I think we were in 36 cities. So we had a ton of chapters and I made a bunch of them retire when I kind of, I made everybody kind of like get on calls and be like, where are you at? If I could gauge that people were burnt out, I'm like, you have to retire. You go enjoy this community that you built. If in six months or a year you want to do it again, like we can talk then, but like you are not in a place to lead this. Like it's just not fair for you. So it's been, it's been hard because the pandemic brought a ton of new runners and it brought a ton of people to us. So we have a lot of people who are like, I want to start a badass lady gang. I want to start a badass lady gang. And it's hard to tell them like, no. So that's a kind of exactly what I've been doing is like, you don't need to be an official badass lady gang to get started. That's the best way to prove to me that you actually can build community is to not take the name and to start organizing, to start reaching out to people in the community and people on this board. We're on uh, Mighty Networks, which is like an online you know, message board type thing. So I'm like, reach out to people. You know, you can see who's within 20 miles of you. So if you spot someone, say, hey, do you want to run? Do you want to meet up on a Tuesday or like go do a trivia night? Like start trying to get everybody organizing. And then when I open up, you know, applications again, you can show me that you've already done the work to build a community and get people coming back. And it'll be an easier experience for you to become an official Badass Lady Gang. But it has been tough. It's been really tough navigating where people are at. A lot of people are really, you know, like they're really precious about their time right now. And as lonely as it was, like I saw when we came back in the summer, like it was like explosion. But then I think everybody again was like, oh, I want to go places. I want to do things. I At 6.30, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like this is what I'm experiencing. Like I'm done. Like I don't want to do anything. Maybe hang out with a friend or two, but like mostly I just want to go to bed. Like this has been the most exhausting year and a half ever. So it's been really hard to be like, great, now I'm going to go run with my friends. If I don't do it in the morning, like I'm not moving, I'm just done. So I'm noticing that it's just like, it's a very different world that we're navigating right now with, with what we used to do. It's not, it's not the same. I, I think that there's a really important community building aspect to this idea of giving people room to experiment, reach out to their contacts, do their own thing and use what you've created as inspiration. I'm a big fan of this idea of recipes for belonging, this idea that you could explain Badass Lady Gang to somebody. And then, you know, yeah, like I'm sure as an official chapter, you get all kinds of support and and whatever. But, you know, you basically could take the gist of it and just go, God, now I'm catching my own puns. Just go run with it. And like, yeah. <laughs> it's not, there's no, like you get it, right? Like there's, it's not, it's not a hard thing to communicate to somebody and it doesn't require like a branded licensed package in order to start. Like go phone up your lady friends and find a time to go run and and don't take it too seriously. And like you're off to a good start. It's also interesting because so many people don't realize how easy it is to just start getting people together, right? When we think community building, you think, okay, well, I need to get 100, 200, 500, 1,000 people together. And it's like, it is quality over quantity. 
a hundred times over. If you have five people who are coming, if you have three people who are coming and those three people are jazzed as all hell to come, you are going to have an infinitely more powerful community than if you have 20 people who come here and there, don't really want to connect, don't really want to be there, or like just maybe aren't enjoying themselves and are trying to figure out where they belong. If your three people are are really happy and feel like they're a real core member and that they're an important part of the process, like they're going to do most of the work of making this community special. And they're going to pave the way for the next round of people who are maybe you know, waiting in the wings, watching to see what happens. And then when they start seeing pictures of people having a lot of fun, there's that social proof that kind of gets them unstuck. This is kind of what we experienced, especially when everybody went on hiatus. It was like, people always think unless there's like an organized event, the organized event is what makes the community a thing. And I'm like, if my people aren't reaching out to each other without the organized event to be like, hey, do you want to go for a walk? Hey, how do you feel about meeting up maybe for a coffee? Like we didn't build a good community. We did not build a strong community. We didn't do our job. If people are only coming to this, like the scheduled thing, we didn't do it right. Because that's an event. That's not a community. That's so true. I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. Which sucks. Because <laughs> so like true. that's really what we found out with a lot of us. We're like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So we just need to work harder. <laughs> I'll be honest. You need to put way more into it. Which yeah. is hard. It's a lot of work. It is. And it really resonates what you're saying just about you know, people wanting to be involved, but they want it to be so big. Right. And it's like, I want to start a, you know, a chapter and do all these things and it's going to be amazing. And then I'm sure you get a a bit of like, you know, when you kind of push back and say, well, try, do it and then come back. I'm sure some people just don't. And that's, that's actually genius because if it was like, okay, cool, here's all these resources and I'm going to invest in you and whatever. Those are the same people that still are going to walk away pretty like they're going to burn out fast because it isn't what they were looking for. They just think it is versus the people that are like, awesome, I'm going to go build it and come back like those are your people. And so figuring out who really actually is going to do that, like what a great way to kind of have people self-select right at the beginning. I love Yeah. It's also hard because like when you hear run club, you have an idea in your head of what that is. You you think you're going to run a 5K. You think you're going to run a 10K. You think there's like X amount of distance involved. And it's really hard to get people to understand what we do because we spend 30 to 40 minutes at the top talking. Like we circle up and we do intros because I am inc- I'm very socially anxious. Like I do not like events where I have to like go and like buddy up with someone and then just like chit chat. So like we spend a lot of time talking about anything but running and like making sure everyone kind of like has a moment with each other and has at least one thing to talk about, whether it's like doing an unpopular opinion or like whether you think ice cream cake has cake in it or not, you know, like whatever it is, something silly where people like immediately have something to talk about. And we wear name tags. Like we are like the least sexy running crew there is. I always tell everybody we are community connection first and a fun workout second. But like you are not going to leave here feeling like you just like left everything out there. That's not what we're about. You can go find that anywhere. That's what everyone's doing. For me, I was like, I want a space where people can like make friends and move together and feel good moving. But like the goal is not to get faster and to like run a marathon. That's not the goal. We always joke that like we're the running crew that you're you're probably never going to get asked what you're training for because no one really cares. 
maybe down the line, but like, not really. We want to know any, everything else. What are you going through? Yeah. This sounds like the most sexy running club, by the way. We are. Like, (laughs) this sounds amazing. I'm just like, yes. And it's so, it's so called for, like you were saying, the, like the stereotype of the runners, the, you know, the really skinny guy that kind of looks like he could blow him over, but he's like the lean muscle in the, in the short shorts, probably no top, you know, that's the trend now, which I'm like, can we stop? We don't need to see it. You know, everyone do whatever's works for you. No shame. But at the same time, it gets a little old guys. It gets a little, old. we know you worked hard for that, but come on. But like, All right, just I'll keep the, my shirt you know, on. yeah, Tony, I'm talking to you put a shirt on my gosh, it's a podcast. So you know, talking about there's this like stereotype of runners and what they are. And I love that you're taking this thing for so many people that might be like, oh, well, I can't run because my body looks like this or I identify as that. And it's like, yes, you can. And you can do it on your own terms. And a group of us are going to do it on those terms. So there's even more of that feeling of I belong in a space that maybe before people wouldn't feel like they belonged. And I think that's beautiful. Like I said, as an ex-runner, probably, you know, slowly trying to get back into it, but, but struggling because it's a lot of work. Um, <laughs> it's hard. It's not very it's fun. Work. I've been riding my bike and loving life. Ooh, nice. Yeah, but I, I just love that you're creating, you know, it's just opening the access in a way and and challenging that norm of like, to be a runner, you have to run a sub nine and you have to do this and that. And yeah, what are you training for? And it's like, we're here to make friends and have fun. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I hate so much of what I've been a part of, you know, and, and like truly, like I think the running industry is like ass backwards. I really don't understand it. Like they are always like, everyone's welcome. And then I'm like, you're everything that you do and say in your messaging does not at all support that. Like, I love that you guys spend all this money on marketing to like that message. But when people show up, that's not the experience they're having. They market the registration fee. Yeah. Everyone is welcome to pay. and Yeah. Register. <laughs> Yeah. And it's just like you said, everyone gets hurt. Yeah. Well, I did a half marathon. I'm slow. Like I'm just slow and I will always be slow and whatever. And, and that's fine. But I remember the, it was the second half marathon I'd ever done. So it was a big deal to me and I was really slow. It was a lot of vert. So I was dying and I crossed the finish line and it, no one was even there. Nothing like the tents were gone, everything. And I was like, glad I spent 150 bucks to feel like crap. Yeah. Like the New York city marathon, the people that like the most fun part of the New York city marathon, obviously the race is fun. It's like when you go back after the official race has ended, there's like a post period where they have hosts now. And like, they support all the people who are taking like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 hours to finish the marathon. Like that's a long day. That's beautiful. Those people yeah. deserve like fanfare not like the apocalypse yeah. scattered cups on the floor and like no one's out and the sun's setting and they're like being moved to the sidewalk it's like what the hell is that you think about it like somebody who's run a bunch of marathons and they finish it and you know three hours or whatever like a fast time is they like do the marathon yeah, and then they fine. go to lunch like somebody yeah. who's done it for 10 hours seven, eight, nine, 10 hours. Like that person saw their soul. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, like that, yeah. that is a life-changing odyssey for them. Like that, that deserves more fanfare. Absolutely. Well, and I think you're, what you're describing, Kelly, is really important because something like running and one of the threads actually that we picked up on an interview earlier this week, uh, another conversation we had is this idea of where there's stigma 
there seems to be opportunity. There's a bunch of people who maybe want to try to get out and move their bodies, but they don't feel comfortable or welcome or accepted in the existing community. It sounds like that's what's resonating in yours. Totally. And that's not to say that I'm the only one doing it. I think there are a lot of people now who are working really hard to help people understand that running looks different on everyone. And like, I know this is something I work really hard on. The amount of work that I have to do with my athletes who are like a part of our paid team membership, helping them understand that a 10 minute run or a 15 minute run or a 20 minute run is like a perfect workout and that you don't need to like have this concept in your head of like, if I'm not running 30 minutes or 45 minutes or 60 minutes, and if every weekend I'm not out there running 90 plus minutes, then then like... I'm not working out enough and I'm not strong enough. Like that's what's backwards. And it's the pace stuff, right? Like people feel so ashamed of how slow they are. And it's like, I love walking. I take walking breaks all the, if I can, if I see someone I know, like I am stopping for 20 minutes to talk to that person. Not because I really want to catch up with that person just because I want to break, you know, like, yeah, like there's, it's really, especially now, especially after the pandemic, like I take all that, any, any chance I can get to get outside and move my body in a way that feels good after very rarely during very, 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 very rarely during, but like, I'm always, almost always, I will not say always. Sometimes I'm like, that was an awful idea. I should have just slept in, you know, but most of the time, like I need it for the mental benefits or for the connection of the community part of it, of like seeing people today. When I was running, I was on the Manhattan bridge and like, sure enough, right beside me comes one of my like really good friends who I haven't seen in like six months. And I was like, we both were like, ah, like screaming. And I was like, yes, you know, and like, I can't keep up with her, but like, you know, we ran together for five minutes and it was like, Oh, that's, this is what I love. Like being able to like run into people or experience things or see a city differently. All things I had no idea were even options before I became a runner. Like I never thought I could run. I didn't, I never thought I would be one of those people who could like one day maybe do a 5k turkey trot, you know, like a 5k sounded ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. It was never something I ever thought I would do. You know, when I saw those families doing turkey trots, I'm like, you people are nuts. But also like, I wish I could experience that in a way. Like I always kind of had that, like, that sounds so cool, but like, that'll never be for me. That's never, that's not, I'm not a runner. So it just bums me out that so many people think that they can't do it because they just immediately envision a half marathon or a marathon. It's like, that's not running. Most of like the majority of people who run will never run an organized race. They just do it two, three times a week for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day. I think too, it's just like culturally, it's a, it's a mind shift, right? this is what I did as in my twenties. And I was like, I don't run. I hate running, but I'm going to start anyways. Cause you know, I'm crazy and stubborn. And so immediately the goal is like a marathon. Like that's going to be the big thing. And when I get to that goal, like voila, I'm a runner. I've never run a marathon. I've run in my opinion, worse things and like really crazy hilly long runs up a mountain. <laughs> yeah. Literally over a mountain, you know, just dumb <laughs> It was, it was amazing. It was one of the most beautiful things. I cried like five times. That was such a runner thing. It was the worst ever. It was also amazing. It was the best day of my life, but like really (laughs) awful. It was beautiful. Do not recommend. (laughs) I'm also doing it again next year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will safely say I'll never do this run again, but. So she says now. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. I will definitely let you know if I, if I turn on that. But yeah, there's just something about like, it doesn't have to be. And this was something for myself um, when I was running and in that like competitive mindset and unhappy, what I figured out was 
I actually love running, you know, and outdoors. I hate treadmills, but like outdoors, I feel like when I'm on a run, my mind goes into that place where all my problems, I can figure out all the solutions. I stopped using a heart rate monitor. I stopped using all the tech and I would just go and run and it like reconnecting with that piece of like being outside and focusing on my surroundings and my breath work. It was, it's just like life-changing. And honestly, I rarely, if I do go running now, I, I'm sporadic at best, but you know, that's what I focus on because I'm like, that's the joy. That's the part of it. That's, that matters to me. It's not like, Oh, I, I hit a whatever minute mile. Cause it's never going to be what I'm like secretly wanted to be. Right. That's the best part about it. Like, and that was, that's really all the work that we've done in the last year and a half. Like the only gift that came from like lockdown and shutdown was that so many people were forced to stop running from problems or stop signing up for race after race after race that they didn't want to do. And were asked like, I need you to choose to move when you want to only because you want to like that needs to happen. And it took, it took for a lot of people like a year to like go through that hellhole of like, I mean, really it's kind of an identity crisis it was beautiful to have so many people then be like, I now I'm choosing to do this because I like it and I'm intrinsically motivated. And I am in a place where like, I don't want to run any races this year. And I'm like, yes, because <laughs> you want to move for life, right? Like our culture is really bad at aging. You know, like we do not prepare ourselves to age, to be able to move well in your, in your eighties and nineties. So like to start to get everybody thinking like, you need to be moving in ways that, you know, like one, you enjoy, but two, like, how can we age with strength and grace, you know? And that doesn't mean running an hour and a half on the weekends every single weekend. Like, please go live your life. Find balance. My God, what are you saying no to so much? So when the pandemic hit and, you know, running is one of those things that depending where you lived, like you could probably do it if you really wanted to, how did you navigate with a, a fitness community that was about like going out together and experiencing, you know, things as together in a way, like, how did you, how did you navigate all that? It was pretty easy because our group is like, they already know that they're there to talk. They're there to talk about what they're going through with other people. So it was really a big gift to like take that 30, 40 minute experience, right? Cause we talk for 30 or 40 minutes and then we run for maybe 15 to 20. And then we normally spend another hour talking, you know, like we go somewhere and talk, maybe it's a coffee shop, maybe it's, you know, like a bar or a park. Like we're really just hanging out. Like that is our group. We find moment, a moment of movement, but like mostly it's talking. So having that place, we started with coffee and chat where like, Two times a week, we would have designated times where people, everyone would hop on Zoom. And it was like one of those things where you're like, oh, shit, there's like 80 of us. Like, how do we do this? You know, it, it was it was hard. And then and then I launched challenges. So like we would do like a three month summer series where, you know, it wasn't about virtual races because like the idea of a virtual race to me is so bonkers. It is so sad, you know, like to to just train by yourself and then have the day by yourself just to get the medal Obviously, some people, you know, are, have much more tied to it, but like the, that community element is gone. And that's the best part where you get to like do something incredible with a bunch of people. Finding ways to make like the weekly call the exciting thing of it where people could come on and talk about their experience. It's really like just like it's just a group, a place to come together to talk about what you're going through, whether it's self doubt or 
you know, predefined limits or that, you know, like you're going through a divorce and you, or that you're a mom and you like, just like don't have enough time having a place to like get validation or just be seen and heard a place to come cry, like a really safe place to, to really cry in front of a bunch of strangers. It was really nice. It's so weird. We're like the only place that most people like love the zoom, you know, it's like the only zoom that I'm happy to be a part of. <laughs> no offense to you guys, but we're not on zoom. <laughs> Yeah, it's technically not it's totally different. <laughs> that was a close one. <laughs> it, it seems like it, so much of it's about context that we're all beyond burned out on Zoom. Many of us were burned out on Zoom, you know, about five minutes after the pandemic started. But with the right people in the right context, I'll get on a call with people that where I feel like I could be vulnerable where I've been vulnerable in the past. I, I care about them. I know their story. And, you know, that's the other piece of the equation, I think, that doesn't get accounted for as much when people are trying to figure out, you know, how do I get people to show up to my thing? It's nice. And it's all structured. You know, it's not like we just hop on and I'm like, what's going on, gang? You know, like there's like really structured. We start with questions. Like there's always like everybody grabs a piece of paper and a pen and we do like there's normally like 10 questions of journaling and then you read them aloud. Like you have to read them and it always starts with my name is, and it always ends with I am dot, dot, dot. And it's like one of those things that if you want to leave a question blank, you can leave a question blank. There are like no rules to it, but it's really nice to have that structure. And then it goes in a certain direction. So you have people start with journaling and you give them like a prompt of some kind, like a, like a specific invitation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. So there's, there's even this moment of everybody is being silent journaling together and and introspecting before they even start talking, before they even start running or walking. Yeah. So cool. It's fun. That's really what I thought was missing from most stuff was like fun. And I was seeing few communities do it. There's another community that like I love and that I was a part of for a long time called November Project. And one of the co-creators of that, his name's Brogan Graham. He was like for two years, like, what are you doing? Why are you only online? Why is your community only online? Like get your ass out there. And I was like, it's mostly because I see how hard you work and that I don't want any of that. And he was like, no, dude, you caught lightning in a bottle and you need to bring this into like the universe. You need to create this space. And he's like, steal everything that we've done that works for you and then shift and create what, what doesn't. I think too, that's, that's why I so strongly believe in that, you know, the mantra, a lot of people in entrepreneurial ship, entrepreneurness stuff has, which is, you know, like there's enough room for everyone and, you know, there's a gazillion running groups out there and that's great because that means there's probably one for you that will meet you where you are and aligns with your goals and your situation and all of that. And that is what's great. Like, and so, you know, having, like you said, like having those friends in this sort of like what some might consider a competitive industry, but in reality, you're attracting totally different people. So you might as well work together in a way. So it's like, yeah, steal everything we've done. And that's just like, that's how it should be. I love that so much. Um, I think we all, you know, like if I want to take a course on something, guarantee there's a hundred people with a course on it, but there's probably a handful of people that I'm like, I want to be their friend, you know? And so that that's the one I'm going to go do. And like, and likewise for all the other people doing the courses, it's great. Yeah. And I mean, like, well, our chapters, they're free. It is free to go to. So like, it's so fun to me, like being a member of November Project, I don't go as much anymore, but like, it's so fun for me to see people at November Project, like 
wearing badass lady gang gear and vice versa, seeing people from the gang in November project gear, you know, like there's so much cross crossing over and they go to both because they're at different times or it's fun when you're in a different city. And like, that's what's cool. It's like the communities are stronger when the the net is wider. So just because you belong to one doesn't mean that you can't belong to another. Like, I hate that tribalism of like, you run with us or no one. And I'm like, oh my God, no, please run with every single women focused group. If that's like what you're after, like make all the friends. There are so many incredible people in this community. Go find them. Now, especially, I mean, you know, as we're recording this, we're, we're kind of heading, heading in the direction of the cold weather season, COVID uh, winter part two. And <laughs> winter is coming. <laughs> winter is coming and finding hey, that. The leaves are changing here. It's, yeah. It's and well on fi- its finding way. that group. Finding that group, finding finding any outlet, being able to be outside and moving your body, it's just so healthy in so many different directions. Keep up the amazing work. Thanks, guys. Kelly, before we kind of wrap things up with some really, oh, we didn't warn you about the lightning round, but don't worry. It's really fun. So tell everyone where they can find you. Speaking of like winter is coming, I'm sure there's people listening that might want to learn more about your community because it might sound right up there sexy runners club value system. So we need she- to make shirts. <laughs> I, I just, I was, I was driving the other day and I saw graffiti that said, I make it look easy. And I was like, Oh my God, I need to put that on a shirt that says like, I know I make it look easy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Cause I always look like I'm dying. Like I'm moments from death. <laughs> Me too. Me too. People are like, like, are you okay? To do that. <laughs> are you okay? You're like, no, I'm not. But thanks for asking. <laughs> I'm making myself do this. I'm fine. I like. I'm not okay. They, Emotionally, no. Yeah. Or, I make it. Look How hard. are you? <laughs> That's really the shirt that we need. I need your therapist's number <laughs> or what you're on. <laughs> look around. Uh, no, they, they can find us at badassladygame.com or if you want the online community, you can also find it there, but it's B-A-L-G community.com. Amazing. To get in the mighty network. Get in the network. Get on in here. The yeah, it's a great platform. The water's yeah. fine. Come it's the best. In. I mean, I took everyone off Facebook like early 2020 and I was like, yes. I thought that was going to be the biggest issue that I had that year because it was mutiny. It was like full on mutiny. People did not want to get off Facebook. And I was like, Facebook is garbage and trash and the worst. And we got to get off here. Mutiny, mutiny, mutiny. And I'm like, how could anything get worse than this? (laughs) This is the worst thing that will happen. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So wait, we got to, we got to circle back real quick because Tony knows my disdain for Facebook. And I'm a huge advocate, especially for paid communities for people to knock it off right now Get off and get off Facebook and invest in a real community platform. Oh my God. Best decision. We we use circle. Nice. Uh, Mighty networks is up there on my list of recommendations as well. And, but yeah, it's a process to get people over. I've helped a few people get off Facebook. It was hard. That's my passion party. Yeah. Any just quick, like high level lessons learned for anybody trying to do that? It is exactly what we talked about earlier. It is quantity versus quality. And I guarantee you that the people who come with you are quality people. They are going to make your community special, play the long game, let go of the people who don't want to come. I guarantee you they will be joining you in six months to two years. I get it all the time. (laughs) Was in the Facebook group and miss it. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That says a lot about your community. 
I'm just realizing, I, f- I feel like we could probably cut together a compilation episode by just adding five minutes to every interview, asking people their opinions about Facebook, and then just have like an epic... That's not a bad idea. As long as I can stand on my soapbox and make my points that I already made, but make them again. You know, we we could I'm just in. record like an hour of you ranting about Facebook and just put it like no intro, no outro, just like, all right, Jillian... <laughs> Here's your time to shine. Time for the lightning round. Who's excited? (laughs) (laughs) Time for the lightning round. All right. Question number one. What is your least favorite community platform and why? No, Facebook. (laughs) Facebook. It's Facebook. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. All right. For real. Okay, we're going to go back to your childhood, back to when you were a wee little, little one and had no idea that you were destined to become a founder of a women's running group. What did you want to be when you grew up? This is awful, but I wanted to be a Shamu trainer. (laughs) You wanted to be a what? Shamu trainer. I wanted to be a killer whale trainer at SeaWorld. It's all I wanted. You can't be mad at like a 80s, 90s dream. That was before Blackfish. That was before before. we knew. And I grew up in San Diego. Like, Yeah, we were innocent. We didn't think about that living in an aquarium wasn't ideal. Was it because you just wanted to play with killer whales? Oh, yeah. I love the ocean. So now I know that I can just like go look at them in the wild, you know? You could try to swim with them. I don't know how that would Oh, end, no, but. thank you. <laughs> Not after Blackfish. <laughs> Kelly, next question. How do you define community? Oh, community. A group of humans who want to be around each other. <laughs> wow. That's how I would honestly define it. Delightfully concise. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> Onward to your bucket list. First off, something from your bucket list that you have done. It was on your bucket list and it got checked off. Oh my goodness. I was on the cover of a magazine. That was on, I mean, I, that, I would say that was on my bucket list. Like I always wanted something like that. What was the magazine? Tell us more, yeah. Women's Running. That's amazing. Oh, oh what? It was awesome. When? Wait, when, when was this? 17, maybe? 16, 17? I'm looking it up. Maybe it was 18. Not sure. It was awesome. Was it not super wild that month to just walk into any Barnes and Noble or whatever and just see like, oh, there's my face. We went to all of them. And it was fun because like I have a pretty big New York City community. So like they were sold out everywhere. And I was like, ah, this is crazy. <laughs> that is so cool. But I got to like go to the airport and be like, that's me. <laughs> wow. It was cool. It was very cool. That's an awesome bucket list thing. What about something on your bucket list that's still on it? Something you haven't done yet? Oh, something that's on my bucket list that I have not done. I would really love to like go. We didn't take a ton of vacations growing up as a family. So like something I've always wanted to do is like with my mother, my father and my sister, like my immediate nuclear family, like go on a trip together. Doesn't matter if it's even where we live or not, just like together, the four of us go somewhere and experience something. They also like never really have left the country. So like it would be even more cool if we were to like, Go somewhere special. That sounds so beautiful. I think it'd be fun. A lot of fun. What an opportunity, you know, if the pandemic ever, I don't know, stops, you know, to go and like, that's like the greatest time to be like, you guys, let's do this. I don't know if they'd ever go for it, but maybe. I hope they do. That sounds like a wonderful, wonderful idea. Kelly, what is a book that you are loving right now? Oh my God. I just read What Happened to You, uh, Oprah and... Why am I forgetting his name? Is it Bruce? 
they, he says his name a hundred thousand times. So I'm so ashamed that I don't know the doctor's name. Oh, I don't know. I just finished it. It was so, so good. That, that book and how the word is passed by uh, Clint Smith are like the two books I read this year that like blew my mind and I read them twice. Is it Dr. Bruce Perry? Yes. Dr. Bruce Perry. He is such a, I read, I did audible too. Oh my Lord. His voice. He is such a good like audio it, it was so good. You know, sometimes when you do an audiobook and like you're like, oh, I hate this person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like obviously Oprah shines, but like Dr. Bruce Perry, like really is her equal. Ooh, it's got like a buttery voice. He's really good. Check it out. It was really good. So just for everyone listening, I Googled it. It's uh, What Happened to You? Conversations on Trauma, Resilience, and Healing by Bruce D. Perry, MD, PhD, and our favorite person, Oprah Winfrey. Okay, so we're going to talk about where you live and where you would live if you could live anywhere other than where you currently live. I live in Brooklyn, New York, which is pretty rad. Not going to lie. I don't think there's like a day that goes by, especially since I run, that I don't like look up and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I live here. Well, wait, wait, wait. But where, where, where in Brooklyn are we talking about? I live in the Slippery Slope in Park Slope. It is Stroller Central. <laughs> <laughs> and I <Park> love it. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on right now, but I love that the the New Yorkers are like, oh yeah, this thing. I too used to live in Stroller Central Park. Did Slope, you? And, uh, it was lovely. Yeah, the slippery yeah, slope. Park is great. It's, yeah, it's the best. I love Prospect Park. We're very lucky. If I could live anywhere, I, I would live close to my mother <laughs> and my father and my grandparents. I'm a. I love spending time with them. So it's tough that flight to San Diego is tough. Okay. Last question. How do you want to be remembered? Someone who makes people laugh. That's how I want to be remembered. Done. Check. Accomplished. Thank God I could (laughs) die happy. Yep. You're good. (laughs) You did it. Well, Kelly, this has been just an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang with us. The amazing work. Bringing ladies together, giving them a place to move their bodies and talk to each other and journal. You're making the world be a better human. place. Yeah. I really I'm working on taking compliments. So my therapist would just yeah. tell me to say thank you. It's okay. So Kelly, real quick before we go, where can people find you on the socials? Obviously not Facebook. You do Twitter, Instagram. Where, sh- where can there. people follow along? We're on the Facebook, but it's not updated often. You could find me personally, Kelly KK Roberts, Kelly with a Y, the way it's supposed to be spelled. <laughs> Just kidding. Your shots fired. <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> Kelly with an I is like, excuse me. We Are just you- lost <laughs> all of the other Kellys. <laughs> E-Y. Or you can just follow at Badass Lady Gang. We're, we're pretty much everywhere. Excellent. Thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you, guys. Go find your badass gang and, and go for a walk or a run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> yeah. down. Go get outside. Yeah, agreed. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Kelly, Bye. thanks so much. Bye. All right. All right. That was... So much fun. I just want to hang out with Kelly in real life right now. I'm very envious that you both live in New York. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if there's one thing, we might have really intense yoga people here in New York, but we do have people. We do have a lot of, we do have a lot of interesting. We got some super chill people. Exciting people here. And 
Kelly's one of them, man. She's got so much to offer. You brought up an interesting thing, which we haven't touched on yet, but maybe in the future conversation. But there's a real phenomenon around like people who have gotten to a certain level who struggle to find people who take it as seriously as they do. And that's a whole other kind of angle to it as well. Give us a tweet. We'd love to talk that side of it as well. But for now, let's talk about our new BFF, Kelly, and the Badass Lady Gang, and just key takeaways. I mean, I just loved everything she's doing. I think you can tell that Kelly has something really special because her in-person running club slash community has survived the pandemic and from what it sounds like is thriving. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that she focuses on fun first. Yeah, she wants to make it accessible because that's what she craves herself in terms of her own you know, community that she created the community she couldn't find. And I think as a takeaway, thinking about where are the barriers in your particular area of interest and where might there be people who feel left out or don't feel like they have something that fits them is potentially an area where there's a lot of opportunity for exploration. And you know what? I'll also venture that you probably see this becoming a entry point for people who do want to get good at running and end up, you know, really learning how to, how to get good at it just by, by being in this group. And Kelly herself mentioned, you know, she, she ran a marathon. (laughs) She doesn't identify as a runner. So something clicked for her. And I think being in a environment where she felt safe was probably a big part of that. I also think something that Kelly just does so well, and she's so intentional and thoughtful about is to really help people feel seen. And it goes back into just making people super comfortable. Like she said, they talk for 30 plus minutes before any running and there's, you know, intentional icebreakers, people are wearing name tags. So if it's your first time and you don't know anybody, that's a really easy thing to never go do again. Cause you just felt a little out of place, but she, she puts a lot into making sure you feel in place. And I, I love that. One of my, actually one of my best friends ever who was a customer at my coworking space for some time and just an incredible supporter throughout my life came to an event that I was hosting before I met her and was feeling socially awkward, didn't talk to anybody and left without having talked to anybody. And it wasn't until later on when I was hosting something else that we actually connected and she ended up being, you know, an incredible member in my community. But that first event that I was hosting, I failed to create an environment in which she was feeling like she could feel comfortable connecting and meeting new people. And, you know, that could have been a huge loss for me if she didn't, you know, feel willing to try again. And this is actually something a lot of people talk about. Priya Parker talks about this too, that a lot of people don't come back to gatherings because their initial experience isn't good. And so then they just stop bothering to try. And that's, that contributes to kind of this loneliness epidemic. So all of this is to say Designing the experience for the trepidatious first visitor is hugely, hugely important. Yeah. It's funny because as you're talking about it, what it reminds me of in the digital space is onboarding. So having a strong 
onboarding system set up, checks and balances so that when someone comes into your digital space and they don't know anybody and they're checking it out, they have a path they can take that's teaching them how it all works, but also is making them feel a part of it. It's kind of funny. I'm also a really big fan of how she approached the idea of new chapters. It's a very common challenge for people when they create something and it becomes successful where they start getting recognition. Maybe they get written up online or in a newspaper or something. And the next thing you know, you have people all over the world saying, well, I'm going to start one in my city or you should start one in my city or <laughs> something like that. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, you know, I just did this to solve my own situation. And now I'm like trying to figure out how to run a global enterprise here. I, I don't know what to do. And so the fact that she has, it seems very gracefully rolled out a way of scaling, but has created this little barrier. And it's very wise for a community leader to kind of do this, to say, look, don't even try to license, don't try to like join my club and, and license my name yet. Just go find people. And if you start building momentum and it looks like you got something, then let's talk. And I think that that just really helps to frame people's mindset where, you know, so often people get into, they want to do the thing, but it's more like they want to think that they want to do the thing, but they don't actually want to do it, you know? And so there's just that, like that application process of just go do the thing. And if you actually did it and it works, then you're probably in. I think it's just a very clever way of approaching it. Yeah, I I like it a lot. And then from a from a time perspective, it really frees up her time because when someone wants to start something like that, you have to invest all sorts of time into it. And like you said, Tony, a lot of times people think they want to do that, but really they just want to be involved in some way and really have no intention or awareness of the kind of work it takes. And I think that's uh, honestly, just such a efficient way to one divide the clout chasers that you know that are just kind of think they want to do it, but really they just want to say they're doing it from the people who are actually going to run a group in the way that the organization runs. It's it's beautiful. I love it. I think it also leads into just the people that do, for lack of a better word, make it the leaders of these groups. If someone's going to put the effort into running one of these in-person groups and they are affiliated, that invest really investing in those people is crucial. And sometimes that investment even includes saying like, hey, you seem kind of burnt out or this doesn't seem like it's working for you. you sh maybe you should just retire from it. Like just being completely okay with starting that conversation when someone's maybe struggling to run a group well. And I'm a huge fan of volunteer programming. You just have to be careful that it doesn't turn into an actual job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, overall, oh my gosh, just so much fun. I just want to do another episode with Kelly just so we can hysterically laugh some more. Well, thank you everybody for listening to the community experience. I'm Jillian Benbow with Tony B. Smooth, Tony Bacigalupo. <laughs> you did it. You did it. <laughs> I did it. I did it. And we will see you next Tuesday. This has been the Community Experience. For more information on this episode, including links and show notes, head over to smartpassiveincome.com slash listen. 
You can find Kelly Roberts on Twitter at Kelly KK Roberts, on Instagram at Badass Lady Gang, on YouTube at Kelly Roberts, and uh, the website is badassladygang.com. Our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Our series producers are David Grabowski and senior producer Sarah Jane Hess. Editing and sound design by Duncan Brown. Music by David Grabowski. See you next time.